Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Right now it's time for Dr. History, brought to you by Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main Street in Burley, right across from the airport. Number to call, 878-2091. Zach and the crew, we're going to tell you more about these great folks, but right now, let's just say good morning to the traveling troubadour. Good morning, Zeb. Hello, Dr. History. How you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? (laughs) Great. It's a beautiful day out there. In the neighborhood. In the neighborhood. It's great. Yes. yes. Uh, you've been uh, traveling. I have. We've been in seeing some amazing things and historical things, yeah. castles. Hysterical and, or historical? Well, <laughs> with when you travel with us, you better plan on a little hysterical. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good time. Anyway, get, good to be home, though. Oh, it's isn't that the truth? The yeah. minute you unlock that door when you come home and throw the suitcase on the floor, don't you just yep. feel like, oh, yeah. oh boy. Feels good. Feels yeah. good. What yep. are we going to talk about today? Well... Okay, I think about everybody at some time in their life has dreamed of digging up buried treasure. Oh, I have. I have. Yeah. You know, even I keep thinking I'll find some in my pasture down by the river, but that hasn't happened yet. But anyway, so I've got two stories. If we have time, we'll do the second one. If not, we'll just do the first one. Okay. So this one is called The Paymaster's Treasure. Now, there's two men, two men that you need to keep in mind. One guy's name's Charles Simpson, and the other is a sheriff or a marshal. His name is Marshal Cantrell. Okay. Those are the two main characters in this story. Okay. So, anyway, old newspapers contain a lot of stories about buried treasure legends, and some of these uh, relate to outlaws who supposedly buried the loot from some robbery before they fled lawmen and were captured and killed. Mm. Now, this legend is one of those. It began on a Saturday afternoon in June, sometime either it was either 1862 or 63. They're not sure. A government paymaster named Frank Mitchell was going south from Lawrence, Kansas. You've probably been there. I have. Lawrence, Kansas. I have. He was in a small buggy pulled by one horse. He was moving south to hit the Santa Fe Trail, which crossed the southern portion of what is Douglas County. Now, his mission, it appears, was to deliver the military payroll to some post along the Santa Fe Trail. Right. Perhaps uh, a place called Fort Larned. Have you heard of Fort Larned? I have, yes. Okay. There's a town, uh, Larned, Kansas, too. Okay. Well, Mitchell had only gone a short distance south of Lawrence when two men, one named Fowler, the other Lash, shot and killed him. They took the large oak chest containing the payroll off the buggy, but found that it was too heavy for one man to carry on horseback. And I'm trying to think... Okay, you're on a horse, you're going to try to carry this big, huge chest? Not long. Yeah. So, anyway, about then, one of the outlaws noticed a party of soldiers on horseback approaching from a distance. Okay. The soldiers actually may have been supposedly guarding Mitchell, but obviously they didn't do a very good job. In Kansas, you can see quite a distance, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so anyway, the soldiers are coming, and they they may have been delayed back in Lawrence, whatever the reason. Anyway, quickly, the two outlaws carried the chest off the road and buried it. Yeah, they buried it. They buried the treasure. They then jumped on the horses and rode off as fast as they could. Which, which is understandable, yeah. yeah. Well, when the soldiers arrived on the scene and discovered the paymaster's body, they also saw the men riding away in the distance. And as you said, it's pretty flat, so not much to hide, right? You know, wait a minute. They buried this box in that short time span? Yeah, yeah. 
So they must have been in a real hurry. Did you ever question they had a shovel <laughs> automatically given to them or something? Now you're asking me stuff I have not a clue. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe there was one in the wagon. I don't know. Okay. You know. Anyway, well, they assumed the riders obviously were the murderers, and they gave chase. Soon the soldiers overtook the outlaws southwest of Lawrence. The two men uh, apparently confessed because both... Oh, they caught them. Yeah, they caught them. And both were hanged from a nearby cottonwood tree uh, before the day was over. So they robbed, buried, and were hung same day. And saved the taxpayers a lot of money. There was no trial. It was a done deal. Uh, the thing was kind of weird, though. The body supposedly hung from a tree for several days before a guy from one of the local towns came along and... and Cut them down and then buried them in the North Lawrence Cemetery. Holy smokes! Now, so how, I, did, how did they know who they were? Well, they confessed and oh. I guess gave their names. I see. So, anyway, the legend tells how the only witness to the murder and robbery was this guy that I mentioned. His name was Charles Simpson. Yeah. Okay, he's one of our main guys. Yeah, main guy. He was walking south from Lawrence to go fishing, probably on a river called the Wakarusa. <laughs> you got me on that one. <laughs> anyway, at the time, uh, he's supposed to walk in to go and saw the paymaster get killed. Well, the two outlaw- outlaws apparently did not see Simpson hiding behind a clump of bushes along the side of the road where he'd stopped to rest. But Simpson saw where the two outlaws buried the payroll. Well, for heaven's sakes, hey, then why is it, yeah. why is it well, still not? Well, we're going to get there, oh, sort of. Hurry. <laughs> well, and it actually... And one reason it was heavy, it was consisted of gold coins. Ooh. So it was heavy. Well, Simpson appears to have told authorities that he saw the killing, but he was actually arrested and kind, uh, confined for six months in the Lawrence jail because he refused to divulge where the outlaws had hidden the gold. Well, the poor old guy was just going <laughs> fishing, and then his life really yeah, goes south. now he's south. in jail. Oh, my so, gosh. Uh, do you want to take a break here, Zeb? This uh, one, well, I, I think uh, we should. Uh, okay. All right. Let's remind everybody about Minicasha sales. Zach and the crew, my goodness sakes, they can replace and upgrade your windows with those western windows. Oh, ho, ho, ho. it's time to think about it. Dr. History could feel the chill this past weekend. Well, don't you feel the chill. Save on your heating bills with those western windows from Minicasha sales, 1321 East Main Street in Burley. And if you're doing any remodeling, modeling before thanksgiving and christmas right around the corner you better get in there today and talk to them about all your needs minicasha sales 1321 east main street in burley right across from the airport you stop in and see them today and now back to the buried treasure all right so here we have charlie simpson Witnessed the de- the murder. He's saw- the he's the fisherman. He's the and he's, and I get the impression he's just a young young man. Yeah. Okay. So they threw him in jail because he wouldn't say where the gold was buried. Okay. Now after he was released from jail, Simpson waited until dark, a dark night, went to the spot where the treasure was buried. Okay. He dug into the ground, located the oak chest, but he was frightened away by some travelers on the road before he could remove it. Well, Simpson filled in the hole, covering the chest, and then left Lawrence. Now, here's what's strange. He did not return until 1878. This is 16 years later. Wow. And it was then that he again tried to recover the gold. And late one night, he returned to the spot, dug into the earth, located the chest. But again, he was frightened by the sounds of someone traveling on the nearby road. And he again covered the gold and took off. Now... Right there, you've given me a clue. This was fairly doggone close to the road. Yeah, 
Well, it had to be. Yeah. Those outlaws wouldn't have had much time to go very no. far. No, and so now these thoroughfares in the Old West turned in the highways and byways of today. Yeah. So in Kansas, they're running over with their four-wheelers and <laughs> 18-wheelers right. a whole bunch of money. <laughs> Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately, this legend is not well documented. Oh. <laughs> As you, okay. Well, anyway, but a Denver, Colorado newspaper story published in 1882 is the sole source of the legend. Now, the story came to light when a guy named Sim W. Cantrell, this is the other guy we're going to talk about, he was Chief Deputy, United States Marshal in Denver, and he was interviewed by a reporter for this newspaper, and the journalist questioned Cantrell about the outlaw money buried over there in the western United States. Now, the legend, according to Marshall Cantrell, came to light one night when a prisoner in the jail at Pueblo, Colorado, warned the jailer that another prisoner was trying to escape. Now, the jailer and Marshall Cantrell, who was in Pueblo on business, stopped the escape. Now, the prisoner, who had warned of the escape, soon became friends with Marshall Cantrell. Uh-huh. Okay, are you with me? Yeah, I'm, okay. oh boy, I see it's getting tough. <laughs> okay. Well, during one conversation, the prisoner asked the marshal if he'd like to enter into a money-making scheme. Here we go. So Cantrell, of course, said yes to keep the man talking. So he wanted to hear uh, the story. The you want to sell soap? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> so, this prisoner was actually going to be released pretty quick okay. soon. And so he told Marshall Cantrell how another prisoner named Charles Simpson, the guy that had... The fisherman. The fisherman yeah. had disclosed, quote, the secret of a large plant of money near Lawrence, Kansas. Uh-oh. Simpson had asked this prisoner to go to Lawrence, dig up the money, in order that Simpson could pay a good lawyer to defend him on a charge of forgery. So now he's in jail again. Oh, boy. boy okay. And all this because he wanted to go catfishing. <laughs> yes. So anyway, Marshall Cantrell told the prisoner he'd like to learn more, but that he had to go back to Denver, so the prisoner said he would write the marshal and let him know what's going on. I see. So back in Denver, Marshal Cantrell received a letter from the prisoner. It arrived within a week and detailed the story that we've already told, but attached to the letter was a map giving the exact location of the buried treasure near Lawrence, Kansas. And here's what the what it said. Now follow this really close, Ed, because we're going to go looking. Okay. <laughs> on the left side going down to Lawrence from Denver, or on east side, you will find two sycamore trees. On west side, you'll find two ice houses. The sycamore trees are large and not more than 20 feet apart. Halfway between the trees and the ice houses, you will find a large walnut stump. And 10 feet from the stump, which is 3 feet through and due north, you will find the plant 3 feet in the ground. The ground is sandy, no trees around to amount to much. Plant is in an oaken box made out of 2 by 10 boards bound with iron, and it has a brass padlock attached to it. You got that? I do, but I'm really concerned about somebody cutting down the sycamore trees. (laughs) When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. That's what I, you know, <laughs> trees grow, trees get cut down. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so anyway, when uh, he got the letter and the map, Marshall Cantrell sent a letter to the commander at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Yeah. And he was asking whether there had been any funds stolen within the last few years. And many days later, Cantrell got a reply from the general, and the letter actually said uh, from the paymaster's officers that 
they did not acknowledge any robbery of any paymaster south or even near Lawrence, Kansas. So the military had no record of this robbery or killing. And, and the guy that was shot and the money that was stolen wasn't even recorded? I guess not. But anyway, subsequent letters between Cantrell and the military authorities at Fort Leavenworth did not turn up anything helpful. In fact, the military thought Cantrell was looking into the robbery of a paymaster safe being carried by the Pacific Express Company between Fort Leavenworth and Atchison, Kansas. That, But that robbery occurred in 1880. So that wasn't anything to do with this first one. Holy cow. So anyway, so Marshal Cantrell dropped the matter until he had to, had to make a railroad trip east of Chicago. On his return journey, Cantrell stopped in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, he told a reporter from the Denver Republic what happened, and uh, here's what he said. He said, I visited the spot indicated by the map, because he had this map, you know. Yeah. So sure enough, everything was there, as perfect as could be. The trees, yeah. the stump. The map was complete. Anybody could have taken it and found the spot in the dark. Now, that's what Marshall Cantrell said. So, But this was, you know, like say, many years ago. Now, the treasure was on the farm of a guy named Shull. And he says, I sought him out and explained matters to him, although I did not give him the exact locality. I came back to Denver, and matters rested at this point for some weeks. And now comes a sequel to the whole tale. Simpson, at this time, obtained an acquittal. The forgery could not be proven, thinking that he would uh, go to the uh, where the treasure was after he obtained his liberty. You're going too fast for me. <laughs> okay, so Simpson is out now. Yeah. He got out of jail. And he was the guy that was doing nothing but fishing. Fishing and saw the buried treasure and yeah. the murder. Yeah. So Marshall Cantrell says again, he says, I wrote to Shull, the, the landowner, asking yeah. him to keep a lookout for any mysterious person on his place, and in that he might be able to get a portion of the money if, if Cantrell got it. But my letter was too late. He, this guy wrote back and he said, saying that a man had been there who wore a prisoner's clothes Uh-oh. and who said he had just come out of state prison and that he also said his name was Simpson. So this was Charlie Simpson. Uh-huh. The letter stated he was a fine-looking man with dark hair and eyes about six feet high and would weigh about 170 pounds and was supposed his age to be about 28 years old. This answered the description of Simpson exactly, and I at once concluded that he had unearthed the treasure. Really? Yeah. He had gone back and got it. Yeah. How much was it? I, it never says. Now, but here's, there's a kick to this. Uh-oh. Let me go a little Uh-oh. further. Okay. Marshall Cantrell then related how he sent this guy named Shull of Lawrence the map of the plan and told him to dig down and find if the money was still there, thinking it might still be there i mean simpson had reburied it twice before so anyway upon going to the spot described in cantrell's letter this mr shull found fresh evidence of digging uh-huh. where simpson had delved in the earth was plainly visible said cantrell adding that upon closer examination wagon tracks were found evidently those of the vehicle in which the gold had been carried away okay so we can assume the treasure was gone, and so was Charlie Simpson. Yeah. He ain't fishing. He's, he's done fishing. So if he dug up the treasure at the age of 28 in 1882, he surely could not have been the man who, according to the legend, observed the robbers planting the payroll and served a six-month jail term because he would have been only about eight years old in 1862. Yeah, but he could have been like Opie on Andy of Mayberry <laughs> carrying the fishing pole. But they put him in jail. Oh, 
Eight years old? I Nine forgot years? about that. Okay. Yeah. So just who Charlie Simpson is is unknown. Where he went from Lawrence is a mystery. And why did he wait 19 years to dig up the treasure is another question. If any Army paymaster had been murdered close to Lawrence and his murders hanged by soldiers, certainly the newspapers would have reported it. Uh, but a check of Lawrence newspapers in 1862-1863 failed to turn up anything uh, relating to this legend. Why so. do you do this? You kind of spun a, uh, you spin a web, yeah, and then all of a sudden you come right back, and I'm more confused now than I was when you started. <laughs> well, you know, these records uh, were actually records were actually destroyed in 1863 by Quantrell and his men. Oh, you know the Raiders, yeah, Quantrell's Raiders, Raiders in 1863. Yeah. So the legend of the Paymaster's Buried Treasure is just that. A legend, efforts to corroborate the tale have failed, yet it is substantiated by Denver newspaper's reporter in 1882. You know, last week we had John LeMay from New Mexico on, in your stead, while you were gone, playing. And uh, history, boy, how speculative is it? I mean, it's a lot of hearsay, or they said, or she said. It, it is, and, you know, again, we're reading something that, I mean, we've got some exact words from some letters, and this Marshall Cantrell, and talking about the map, so we've got some definite information here, but there's still a lot we don't know. Or, I mean, an eight-year-old boy, a nine-year-old boy, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Wow. So, so it's still there sometimes. Still, well, maybe. Maybe, yeah. yeah. So, holy mackerel! Are you ready to go get one of those? Uh, what are those devices called? Where you go tick oh, tick tick uh, tick, yeah. tick 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 uh, like yeah. that? Yeah, one of those. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, you've had other stories on this program of uh, buried treasure, uh, treasure, and where it might be or maybe not, et cetera. And, like right here, right. Cashew County. Right here. Yeah. Uh, you know, buried treasure. Uh, what was the story about the gunfighters or the uh, bank robbers in up in the C- city of Rocks, wasn't it? Yeah. they uh, One got killed. The other one made it into the city of Rocks. Yeah. Uh, buried the treasure. Um, now, is this a legit story? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, he wandered into a, a camp, told the guy in the camp where he had buried the treasure. Why did he do that? Because he was dying. He'd oh. been shot. And he died. He did. But before he died, he told this guy, and he said it's, uh, see, how did he put it? He said it's north of and in sight of the twin sisters in the city of Rocks. Well, that's a big area. Oh, yeah. And uh, supposedly nobody's ever found it. Uh, there was some saddlebags found in, I think it was 1973 or four, uh, from a different bank robbery. Really? That had been discovered, yeah. Really? Was uh, there anything in them? Yeah. Yeah, the money was still in them. Really? And I, I, I don't know much about that. I've just heard bits and you pieces. Know, and you got to look at it logistically. You know, they couldn't go too high or hide it too high because of the rocks and everything yeah. else. And it had to be someplace where they could ride to. Yeah. yeah. Now, another thing, keep in mind that, you know, some of those, if somebody found that buried treasure... Uh, they may just na- not say anything because if it's Wells Fargo, they're going to come after you and say, "Hey, that's our money," and you may end up with nothing. Yeah. So I, I really believe there's things that have been buried and found, or that have been dug up, found, and just kept very quiet. Yeah. When you go fishing, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> if you see somebody killed. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you <laughs> but, might want to go ahead and tell them where it's buried. So up there, and I was talking to my dear friend George Montgomery one time, and he was telling me approximately where they buried that or those outlaws left the money. And it's probably still there. 
You would think, though, was it in a strong box or was it in saddlebags you know, it, or whatever? It doesn't say. I, I'm assuming it had to be saddlebags because he rode all the way from Pocatello. That's, you know, 70 miles. Yeah. So I'm assuming it had to be saddlebags, and I don't know how much. Wow. But it it was evidently a, quite a bit. But, you know, you've been up there to the City of Rocks, and you yep. look at, from the Twin Sisters all the way around, there's thousands of acres. Oh, And yeah. so when you say yeah. inside of the Twin Sisters, that could be 10 miles away. Yeah. So. Holy smokes. Are you ready? We'll go get one of those tick, 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 and we'll go up and find it. Yeah, whatever those things are called. Yeah, whatever they're called. We'll go rent one of those, whatever they're called, tick, 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 tick. Yeah. Well, that was a good story. Yeah, what, it's always fun to... Now, what about next week? What are you going to talk about? Um, oh, you're not going to be here. Right. That's... Uh, yeah. We want to wish the very best to your wife. Well, thank you. God's I, blessings. Everything's going to go good. I'm, I'm absolutely... Angie, if you're listening, it's okay. I promise. Okay. She'll, that will give her a lot of assurance. I'm sure. <laughs> that was snide. <laughs>